Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brennan Weatherby. Sitting with me in the beautiful Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, specifically in the full-service radio radio station, is my co-host, Baby Bri Bri, who is about to sip some very hot tea. Baby Bri Bri, I'm worried about your sweet, sensitive lips. Yeah, well, I might give it a sec. It's literally steaming. i opening up my sinuses and all that. Joining us for this segment is a wonderful woman who uh, is a champion of DC music, but that's about to end very soon based on a new obsession that she has just discovered. <laughs> that's right. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys? I like your outfit for the people listening at home. Would you like to describe your outfit feel? No need to. We've already described Baby Bribery's outfit on an earlier episode. Yeah. It was all very complimentary. <laughs> he looks like a model. He looks like an editor. That's not how you said you it earlier. You look he, like a trash person, with, yes, but also that, that was it. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, wow. like if I looked, at, if I dressed like that, you'd be like, "That is a man that is struggling." <laughs> but when you when you see this beautiful man wear it, it's like that is straight out of the pages of Vogue eighty eight. Hell yeah! All right, well, thank I mean, you. he's like the most put together person I've ever seen. So. But put together with trash items. Yeah. Put together oh, with throwaway items. I mean, you would you look don't. better doing that than I would. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very few people could pull this off. He can pull it off. I know my lane. It's not a pretty lane. I know how I look. It's not a fun look. But I look how I look, and that's okay. Hey. Stephanie, please, if you are so unkind, you don't have to. Describe <laughs> describe what you're wearing. I feel like I'm wearing what Baby Bri is wearing, but <laughs> yeah. just vertical. No! <laughs> you're wearing a very, very hip leather coat. Yeah, it's cold outside. Yes, you're wearing a, crazy. a wonderful lined dress in the beautiful Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. Hey, you know, got to go with the theme. You're right? wearing a very cool boot. Oh, thank you. I you like know? that it's a pointy toe what with a, a boot. sensible tall heel. To, is it, what's that called when you zip on the side? Oh, booties? No, Is that booties. what they're called? I mean, they're... Or, I guess, well... <laughs> there's a specific, it sounded slightly less badass than those. Things, Jack, feel free to chime in here. The boots that you zip around the side, it's named after like a London town oh. or like a New York It's, it's not like called Soho. zipper boots. No. Well, Chelsea boots don't so, have that's zippers. That's no, they don't Chelsea have zippers. Chelsea though. boots? I'm thinking of a Chelsea oh, boot. Oh, no, they... I don't, I'm not sure. I think Chelsea boot is what I'm thinking of. Oh, well, that's awesome. I'm glad I'm wearing Yeah, you're fashionably dressed. You look great. Well, thank you so Those much. Those are not Chelsea boots. It, it, yeah. <laughs> and I realize Sorry. that this is an audio format, and it does not matter how we look. I just wanted to point all of these things out for oh, reasons no. I will never understand. Yeah. I'm trying to cover up the fact that I just slept for like 12 hours today. Wow. <laughs> Wait, okay, so I think it's interesting that you're trying to cover up that fact, but every single person in this room is very jealous that you slept for yeah, 12 definitely. hours. Hey, you know? Why did you sleep for 12 hours? Because I'm making up for the fact that I haven't slept in like five years since I started this website. But this yeah, thing, by the way, Stephanie Williams is the head of DC Music Download. Yes, DC Music Download. Um, yeah, we actually just, I was telling Baby Bri Bri, we just got done with our six-year anniversary show at Union Stage, which went really well, so. What do you think of Union Stage? I love Union Stage. It's very different from all the other venues and places that are at the wharf. It's definitely very community-focused. Um, I know Daniel Brindley, who I just had on my show for, uh, for Full Service Radio on Tuesday, was here, and he was talking about you know, just getting people together from the community to not just do shows, but also just doing community-oriented events. Um, I feel At like that's the Union what, stage in the wharf? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what DC needs right now is just, you know, having more venues that support local artists and what they do. So Two things. Number one, I agree. Number two, Brian, stop blowing into the microphone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you could do this. Can move the microphone away. I was away. just trying to give everybody like an ASMR thing. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> what do, do you like when you can hear other people eat? 
No, I hate that. Okay. Oh, sorry. So why would we want to hear you blow on your tea? Okay. But it was like angelic, though. No, stop being nice. You said too much (laughs) nice things about this trash man. Uh, Here's my issue with Union Stage. Horrible name. Hmm. You and the names today. Horrible name. Why do you say that? Union Market already exists. Oh. Is Union Market the venue at... He muted your mic because it doesn't trust you. You could you could turn it back on. The, <laughs> the mic was not muted. Oh, he just decided to not talk like a normal human being. I'm being so mean. That's what I got to read this Mr. Rogers stuff. Go ahead. I apologize, baby. Bye, bye. I, I just had snarky comment. I think his mic is muted. Actually, I think we have the other oh, one. Did on. it get unplugged somehow? Maybe. His end? Hmm. Maybe. I'll come oh, check no. it out. Okay. I think the table mic might be on. You see what I mean? You could talk. We could keep talking here. Yeah, I think that's undone. Try that. No, it's not there yet. You guys keep talking. No, we'll we're, we, it out. no we, we need you to talk right now. Test. There we okay. go. Oh, look at He's that. He's back. Right. Wow. Thanks, buddy. Back and better than ever, some might say. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't say better than ever. I'd say about the same. It's been a little bit of time. That's my problem with the names. And yes, Jack, you're right. Names matter. Uh, they do. We have so many union things in this city. It's a bad idea to call that Union Stage. It's a really good venue, too. I was surprised about how good it would be. It's awesome. Do you like the wharf as a, as a reality and not an idea? Hmm. Yeah, I do, you know? I mean, I was kind of a little skeptical about it when I first heard of it because, you know, we already have National Harbor. We have, like, these, like, instant sort of, like, communities that are kind of popping up. So I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this because yeah. I feel like there's so many things like that here that are kind of happening. But, you know, I feel like it's done a good job of, you know, bringing together people from the community, you know, people who are residents here to, you know, try to build their businesses. Um, and, you know, I mean, also for music, we have three new venues, um, you know, each very different. Um, but, you know, that's also a good thing as well, just having places that have music and you know hopefully can also sort of provide a platform to for dc bands and artists that are here where do you live so i live in petworth i just moved okay so yeah i was in silver spring for eight years that's a long eight years i'm assuming (laughs) so (laughs) petworth is an interesting spot because you don't have a venue but you're very very close to lots and lots of venues yeah you're probably what two miles away at most from 930 club oh yeah so that means you're like two miles away from Black Hat. You're two miles away from here in Songbird. Uh, how do you like getting to the wharf? It's a pain in the ass. Okay. So <laughs> is it such a great thing that there are now three new venues and maybe I could have easily seen this band at Black Hat, but now I have to go. I have to. I could have saw them at DC9, but now they're at Union Stage. Is it a good idea? Yeah. I mean, it's far, but I don't know. For the people that are close, I guess it's good. But, you know, I'm all the way out in Petworth and taking that Uber for like, what, 30 bucks? That's pretty far Is it really and then $30? Take, yeah Jesus and then Christ. you know taking the train i mean i guess we're on the green line but still i mean it's it's definitely a hike why petworth you know uh i like petworth because it's you know, close in the city obviously i was in silver spring for a long time and you know being out in the burbs is you know kind of a thing where you're far removed from things so i feel like i was kind of out of the loop but you know moving to petworth you're in the city but you also feel like there's still a community there you know it's like not to the point where it feels like it's lost its identity sure um you know there's there's a lot of different types of people there there's new families there's musicians i mean please don't take this as an insult and if it is i apologize what is the identity of silver spring uh that's a good question so there's really no (laughs) real Uh identity in silver spring um which is why i thought petworth was cool because i felt like it kind of had more of that community focus so is petworth how you thought it would be 
Yeah, I do. So I live across from um, Petworth Park, and there's always stuff going on. There's uh, the jazz uh, shows that happen there during the summers. Um, I mean, there's always, like, community-oriented things that are there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a cool place. I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, a place that I think I can see myself living in for a while. (laughs) Cool. You're not in a band. No. You write about bands, and you like music. I do. Why? How long is this going to last? Can we just quit it? (laughs) Can we just quit this whole music thing? (laughs) Can we be done? Do we have enough songs yet? Have all the notes been played? You know, I'm playing the role of a heel, everybody, just just so you know. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. When I first started, I had no idea how long this was going to last. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I literally thought it was going to last like a year. And I'm just like, all right, you know, let's see. I mean, I also was learning about the music scene here myself. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I knew a few people, but not, I mean, not enough to really yeah. feel like... I could be like the purveyor of like everything here. Um, so, you know, I just felt like I had no game plan. I just kept it going. And, you know, I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this until I feel like I just, I feel like my heart's not in it anymore. And, and your heart's still in it. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to be that way. Until, That's awesome. Yeah. Until who knows when, you know, I mean, I, I just love it. I feel like there's always just new bands, like new music coming up. All right, let's talk about them. Yeah. Who is new that you've, uh, that have formed in the last 12 months that you're still listening to and enjoying? Yeah. Um, I love Echelon the Seeker. Okay. He is super cool. Uh, I found out about him just through just going on Bandcamp and just like looking at different links and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's just such a versatile artist that he's a part of Kudesh, which is this record label that essentially gives a platform to musicians of color who are in the experimental music scene um, because they feel like there's not enough sort of representation of minorities. So it's a group of Echelon the Seeker and a few other um, people who make up this collective slash record label. And he is the future. I mean, he's he does like electronic. I mean, he's like pop. I mean, he's just... He's also like... Cla- I just met him recently. Oh, did you? And was totally like blown away talking to him because, uh, you know, he, he starts connecting dots. But he's like classically trained. He's yeah. conducted. He can do everything. He's yeah. amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. And his record is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, one of the best that I've heard come through DC in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I want more people to know about him. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he's definitely on my list. Uh, we actually just had Odetta Hartman and Jack Inslee, uh, not to be meta here, <laughs> but, I mean, Odetta has an amazing voice. I mean, she is just such a, an amazing performer. I mean, I, she just performed at our Smithsonian um, American Art Museum show on Thursday, and just amazing stage presence, amazing voice, just a versatile artist. So, yeah, I mean, those are probably the two that are on my radar right now. Then, obviously, um, April and Vista, which is another group that just released a new song yesterday, which is pretty awesome. Um, Cicero as well. Great MC from here. Uh, he was on Goldlink's album last year. He's really kind of coming into his own, doing new music. So, yeah, there's so many awesome things. I feel like I can go on and on. That's but good. You're supposed to go on and on. That's the whole point of what you do, what you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, baby. What's missing from her list? Is there anyone that's really caught your ear yeah. in the last 12 months? Yeah, I don't know who started in the past 12 months or not because mm-hmm. I'm just not good at keeping track of that. But Echelon the Seeker is amazing. Tony Kill is amazing. Uh, where do you rehearse? Where do I rehearse? Yeah. In yeah. my uh, house. Okay. So is that common or do you think that there's enough rehearsal spaces for artists in the city proper? 
I don't think there's enough of anything for artists in the city. You don't proper. think there's enough venues? I I don't know. I think there's always room for more. There, okay. Like, when I lived in Petworth, it was like the best time in my DC life because every few blocks was another house mm-hmm. that you could go to mm-hmm. and yep. all that. And there was Union Arts still at the time. And um, I think there's always room for yeah, more. Yeah, maybe venues. we should I name think. more things Union. <laughs> Do you see my point here? That's point. all. Yeah, I think there's always room for more rehearsal spaces. Uh, there's always room for more affordable housing. There's always oh, yeah. room for totally more everything. I we don't need more condos. Uh, I think we, number we one, you're wrong. We need more condos. <laughs> we need more. Okay, so I think we actually have too many venues right now. Okay, why I don't, do you think that? I, I'd say because we do. I don't think that we need as many classic venues as we have. I think we're always short of house venues. That's yeah. always appreciated. Yeah, I agree. I think there'd be more more stuff like Songbird is great. Yeah. But we don't need more Union Stages. That being said, yeah, I like, like Union Stages. How often are those venues like, oh, well, we just don't have any artists to put on. Like, there's always going to be somebody coming from I'd that. I'd say Songbird's dark three nights a week. All right. That's three nights yeah. a week. Who's going out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Anyways. That's the thing. I don't know. New York City has uh, venues that aren't dark for three nights a week is what I'm saying. Uh, well, I'll respectfully yeah. I mean, There's always stuff going on. I mean, here's the thing with the venues, too, is that these venues also have to be somewhat connected to the community in some way. And that's the thing is like I think there are a lot of venues here, and I don't think that's the problem. I okay, think okay. I think when you get to the point where they kind of become disconnected from the community and they're just sort of not paying attention to what's going on here, then I think that's where you start getting into some problems. So that's interesting because uh, the one of the venues that we're talking about is Union Stage. It's at the Wharf, and it's uh, literally a new neighborhood, which doesn't exist. It's not gentrified. It's brand, it's brand new. new. That's incredibly rare. Okay, so how do you book a venue in a new, a new venue in a new neighborhood? Who's it for? Who's it supposed to be for? The anthem to me makes total sense because the anthem is such a big room. You can only have big acts. You could kind of put that anywhere and it would succeed. I get that. Union Stage, on the other hand, is what eighty people, a hundred people? Oh, it's I can fit like four hundred people. Yeah. Four hundred people. Okay, so yeah. it's but you could also put tables up and you could make it like a fifty seat room and it would be very comfortable and it wouldn't seem sad. If you have like a I've seat in one side. Okay. You know, Roughly, yeah. So you can move it around is what I'm saying. It's got mm-hmm. flexibility. Who is that for? Once again, I like it. I'm not throwing shade on the venue here. But like, how do you book a venue in a neighborhood that's brand new? Yeah. Well, you know, that's where I think it comes in where they need. And I feel like Daniel is doing a good job of just like keeping track of mm-hmm. what's going on here. Because I think it really does take a village to do something like that and be successful. Sure. And well, I think got he, John and Peter. Yeah. Really connected to the you know, scene. I think, yeah, I think they've got a pretty good thing going. That's great. So you've played there, correct? Yeah. How was it as a performer? I mean, it was great. Uh, there, there are some venues in the city that have like really terrible sound and are not enjoyable to like, uh, you'll tell me off mic, right? Yeah. I'll tell you. Okay, cool. Mic. Um, but this one, it's all brand new. Uh, Stephanie and I were laughing that like, it's just, it's almost like disturbingly clean in there. It is. You don't want to like touch weird, anything. <laughs> which is kind of frankly how the whole wharf feels right now where it's like, ah, this is not a real place. Mm-hmm. There are no real people here. It's like, right. And it's, I and I know that we're, you're kind of joking, but you did shit on condos. It's literally all condos yeah. and apartments. Like, yeah, I have a beef with the wharf. Uh, they knocked out Marina Cantina, which was like the weirdest little. But there's going to be like a new Marina but there's Cantina. A new, yeah, but Apparently a new version of an old I'm chintzy just thing you, is dude. never the same as the old chintzy thing. <laughs> I'm saying thing. That, that Marina Cantina got paid. So yeah, I don't no, feel so fine. bad. They got paid. I'm not feeling bad for like their owners, but I feel bad for me for not being able to go get a margarita after work, you know? <laughs> yeah, you never did that. Yeah. I did once. My first. You did that once. 
twice. Okay. First date with my really girlfriend. Yeah, she worked over uh, at HUD, which is walking distance. Okay. And we, she is she said, still at HUD? Yeah. What does she think of the wharf? I don't know. Uh, we'll bring her on the show next Glad time. Glad that you have a lot of in-depth conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we feel the same way. It's uh, We always talk about, like, there's all these places in Virginia where you go and we call them fake cities. Uh, but oh, it's like, sure. Any, Absolutely. Anytime right. there's, like, a movie theater somewhere out there, you drive out there and you're like, whoa, what is this place? It's yeah. this fake yeah. city. They try to get these, like, D.C., like, chain restaurants. Like, yeah. oh, we got a... Um, and pizza and a cava, like it's just like DC. Now you don't have to live with all those normal people. You can be in your little condo world and have all the joys of the city. And this feels exactly like that. Um, but again, it's nice that there was development that didn't necessarily displace a bunch of people. So like if the area was not, you know, the fish market got screwed. Uh, okay, so yeah. the fish market amazing. getting screwed is not, we don't know if they got screwed <laughs> yeah. yet because they're still open. Yeah, but it is now such a pain in the ass to go over there. To be fair. It takes a lot of fun out of it. It was always a pain in the ass. <laughs> Yeah. It was always a pain in the ass to get Crossing there. that street, the yeah. death yeah. street, you felt like you're Frogger gonna die. when you're going to go. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a good thing for the fish market. I'm saying we can't pass judgment on it TBD. yet. TBD. I mean, because really the summer is where the fish market makes their money. Mm-hmm. We haven't That's had true. a summer at the wharf yet. This thing opened in October. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I think the safe money is, yeah, they're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that sh- we're just guessing. There's nothing like condo owners. Just they, You know how they love their smell of fish yeah, walking exactly. into their <laughs> no, overpriced, you know. All that uh, shit right. sold out before they even opened. Which too. is mind-boggling. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah, I could That's definitely cool. imagine. You can imagine wanting to live there? Oh, no, not wanting to live there. Let me but finish like, my sentence, Brandon. <laughs> you did. God. You did. You said, can you imagine, and then paused for multiple seconds. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. You're in the radio biz. You get it. <laughs> uh, have you seen any bands from the suburbs that you genuinely like? Oh. From the suburbs? Yeah. Specifically, like, we are a proud suburban band. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, Shade is from there you go. Silver Spring. Which I didn't even know until uh, the show, but Second yeah, they, shade reference of the day. <laughs> yeah, they what just you said James on. They just bought a house out in. Whoa, whoa, like, hold on, hold on. Bought what with money? Yeah. Who's they? Like the Sh- band. The bought band. A- yeah, I mean, but I mean, they've been Man, touring. James I mean, they've been really like got a good system going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like further out in Silver Spring, but I mean, yeah. So they're just you know hanging out, just writing songs and living the life out there right now until and they, they own a house. There's yeah. something that we don't, that maybe Briber and I don't know in this story because not everything's As adding up right now. Somebody who works a really boring nine to five <laughs> will never be able to own a home. You don't know oh, that. Don't hey, do that. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, that's just one thing that I'm just like, nope, that's never happened to me. Yeah. But you have a <laughs> job. Thought. What's your job? So I work at National Geographic. Yeah, you have a good job. Yeah. Nice. But I mean, still though, it's like who can spend, afford that? What do you spend your money on? You don't even have to buy. You could get a you get a mortgage. You, you pay the same as you're paying in rent. But you, yeah. you have a house. Like, what do you think it is? I mean, let me tell you. I tell made some me. mistakes in my twenties. Do you have horrible credit? <laughs> no, but I mean, I. What's your credit score? Yeah, what's your credit score? What's Let's your look social up. security number. Yeah, what's your address? Social security number. I Mother's been a question maid. Said that's off the table your favorite today. Favorite teacher. Yeah. <laughs> do you have? Do you remember your favorite grade school teacher? Mm-hmm. What's their name? It's gonna be a tie for first. Oh, I'm Ooh. loving this, Mrs. Seaton. Okay. First grade, and Mrs. Oberjergy in third grade. Mrs. That's a name. Oberjergy. Damn. That's a name. That's awesome. They're Long Beach staples. Yeah, because her husband owns Oberjergy Auto Repair. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oberjergy is a cool band name. Oberjergy. No, it's not. It's a bad band name. Mm. We, we, it's a bad band name. 
Do you remember any teacher from grade school? God, uh, Mrs. Martusio was okay. my favorite. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Grade school for me was like four years ago. You so know, I, it's, it's all crazy. fresh in the mind. My my partner's a grade school teacher. And Is he really? He, let me tell you, he has some crazy stories about these. So he's a fifth grade teacher. And mm. these kids act like they're uh, 10 going on 30. <laughs> it's it's insane. I Do mean, you think your uh, your significant other should have a gun in school? So we're going to end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, PhD. Oh, wow. That seems very official. <laughs> it is a book, and that is his name. I need you to pick a number between 20 and 264. Okay. Uh, let me do 175. 175. Good pick. Why is that your pick? I don't know, because I feel like it's right kind of in the middle, and there might be something, something no. juicy. I love it. Is it like a question? What yes, it, it's from the Kids, the kids book, book of Questions <laughs> by Gregory Stock, PhD. It is a it's, question. It looks like a really long question. I'm kind of... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. It's not. 175. Would it be worse to spend a night all alone in an empty house in the woods or to spend it with a friend outdoors in a violent thunderstorm? <laughs> wow. Okay, at least you got somebody, even if it's a thunderstorm. So I'm going to have to go with alone in the woods. Okay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I want to be out in the rain. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so do you have a record player? I do. Okay, great. These are yours now. Oh, my gosh. This These is amazing. a stack of records. We give, we give, we give gifts to every guest. And now this that you, you get a shirt well, and some records. And because I've already said horrible things... And I need to cleanse my soul, my like, soul palate. Oh, I see that. Yeah, you got to cleanse your soul with some Fred Rogers. We're gonna. I'm gonna read a passage from the world according to Fred Rogers, according to Mr. Rogers. Important things to remember by Fred Rogers. I need you to pick a number between 14 and 175. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with 124. 124. Yes. Okay. This is uh, from the chapter "The Challenges of Inner Discipline." This is good. I like this. To me, what makes someone successful is managing a healthy combination of wishing and doing. Wishing doesn't make anything happen, but it certainly can be the start of something important happenings. I hope you'll feel good enough about yourself, your yesterdays, and your today, that you'll continue to wish and dream all you can, and that you'll do all you can to help the best of your wishes come true. I'm proud of you for all the wishing and doing that has helped you get to this point in your lives, and I hope that you are too. Damn. Isn't that beautiful? That's pretty deep. Stephanie, how and where <laughs> should people follow DC Music Download? So you can follow us on dcmusicdownload.com uh, or at the handle dcmusic.com or dcmusicdownload at Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Facebook. And you so. just had a show at the Loose Foundation. How do you say that? I never know how to pronounce it correctly. I think it's, yes, Loose Foundation Loose? Center. Yep. Great. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful event. Do you have anything else coming up there or anywhere else? Yes. So we have a show coming up on April 26th with Batfangs, who are so awesome. Ah, they just came up with a new record. It's so dope. And, and where is the show? Uh, the show is going to be at the Loose Foundation Center. That's wonderful. That, so, that means it's probably going to be a free show. It is. So if you're, Six o'clock. If you're stuck in those high-priced condos on the <laughs> wharf and you need some breaks... <laughs> Here we go, everybody. Some free shows for you. Thanks for being here. We're going to listen yes. to more Jessica Risker lullabies and take a little bit of a break. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, guys. Back. It's so good to be back, Brian. 
Baby Bri Bri, how are you? Well, you know, it's been a, a long five minutes, but... You sound beautiful right now. Thank we had you. a little audio difficulty, but we fixed it because it's important to set our mind to positivity. <laughs> I think it was the blowing into the mic. Really? No. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> uh, sitting, I can't afford these mics, dude. Sitting with us are two brand new friends, at least brand new friends to you, me, them, everybody, not brand new to the wonderful photo service radio at the Line Hotel in beautiful Adams Morgan in Washington, D.C., what did you just do? <laughs> Jack, are you okay? Did you electrocute yourself? Yeah, no, I'm good. What did you do? Um, I cued something up that was too loud. Okay. Are you did good? you hear it all the way in there? Well, oh, we yeah. could hear the board attacking you in wow. here, but we, everything else seems to be fine. Yeah, no, we're good. All right, good. I'm with Eddie Kim and Matthew Ramsey. Eddie, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm a little sick, but that's okay. Oh, no, that's not good. Matthew, how are you? I'm great. I never talk like this. I never... I'm, okay, so the whole thing is I've been doing this for 10 <laughs> hours, and this is how I normally talk, and I get wound up a lot, and it's there's way too much energy, and it's just a lot of... Do you like watching wrestling at all by any chance whatsoever? It's been a while. Okay, no. but it's been a while. The fact, the fact that you've watched wrestling at least once. Yes. So my guy is Roddy Roddy Piper. Okay. And that's kind of who I form myself after. That's not sustainable for 10 hours. Yeah. So that's why I got a cardigan on. That's why that's I got a Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers book. And I'm trying to calm it down with these beautiful lullabies by Jessica Risker. That's the music you're hearing. This is how I normally talk. This is very abrasive and sounds like it's full of anger. I'm not. I'm full of passion and vigor. You see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's not inviting. I want to be inviting to you new friends. Him, I don't care about because we're already good. We've known each other for years. I like this guy. I think he's a beautiful man. And I say horrible things about him. At the same time, I'm complimenting him. It's fucked up. <laughs> you two come from the food and drink world. Is that correct? We do indeed. Mm-hmm. Simple question. Why do bars and restaurants close? That's what I want to discuss with you two. And I want you to name names if you're willing. <laughs> I don't want you to name names if I... I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. But Eddie and Matthew... Why do restaurants close? I mean, I think the question is, are you talking, I'm going to send it back to you. Yes. Uh, are you talking about bars and restaurants that you don't like or, or, or ones that you are surprised that they cl- uh, close? Or That's a very good question. I think it's both. I mean, we can talk about the most notable one in recent history, which is um, Ch- one, two, three. Bijou. Bijou. That's what I was yes, going to yes, go yeah, with, too. I forgot the name, but yeah. But that wasn't a beloved by anybody thing. Shaw Bijou, for the people listening that don't know what we're talking about, it was the first thing that Chef Kwame did after his Top Chef run. It was in the Adams Morgan neighborhood of Shaw, an up-and-coming neighborhood, and it was known for their remarkably expensive menu before they opened. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. Okay. They opened, and they were going to have like a tiered club system for their bars. Is that right? Right. I think, yeah, they had like some kind of membership service. They lasted for three months? I yeah, think so, yeah. yeah. Their second location, sorry, their uh, they closed a new restaurant, opened up, and is already closed. Yeah, I actually just saw that today in that space. Yeah, Qu- Chef Kwame is now at the Wharf, which is in a brand new neighborhood that we've been discussing all day. Apparently, <laughs> it's, it's a, killing it over Kith there. It's called yeah. Kith and Kin, yep. and everyone seems to love it. It seems to be doing very, very well. It's because it's it's approachable. It's what you expect for a hotel restaurant. Okay, did you go to Shaw Bijou? No. No. Did you go to Shaw no. Those of us who work in the industry don't have the money to go to Shaw <laughs> yeah, Okay. So, okay. So maybe we start with something positive rather than negative. What makes restaurants stay open? Maybe approachable is the key word in this. Uh, I think one of the big words that I've learned in the industry is accessibility. Um, okay. At letting people understand pretty easily right off the bat what you're trying to do. Um, Shaw Bijou had a lot of different concepts going on, and uh, I'm not a big fan of multiple concepts. I, I know Matthew and I, we, we love our 
small, you know, single stand taquerias or like right. tiny Japanese whiskey bars that only do one thing and people understand exactly what you're going to get yeah, as soon as you yeah. walk in the door. I think there's a magic and simplicity for sure. Yeah. Or well, what's a simple concept that just failed? Uh, the Chipotle Asian <laughs> restaurant. What was that called? Chop House. Oh, Chop, Chop House. House. Chop yeah, House. Yeah, yeah. Chop House. Okay, why did Chop House close? I think they, from, I, I don't, I'm speaking out of like, I, I don't have any actual knowledge about this, but I'm guessing that they spread themselves a little thin. Uh, it's owned by Chipotle. Chipotle was literally the first company I worked with within the industry. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Is that common knowledge? Uh, I don't think it is, actually. Hell yeah. Is Breaking shit. Yeah. Uh, but I just know <laughs> they um, they were like trying to like find the next them, essentially. And they just, like, they've been watching everybody else like do what they had done to the industry with basically kind of revitalizing the whole uh, fast casuals, or even, even creating it, really. Uh, stepping away from fast food and creating this really new industry. But a lot of other people have been kind of working off what they had done and they were like I think we can also branch out sure so. so do you think they just failed because there was more and better competition or the concept itself was inherently flawed honestly I don't know I mean I liked it so did I that's the one I don't understand that is one of the few that I liked that closed and I was kind of surprised by that and maybe it's just it, it took the same idea of Chipotle which is you kind of kind of pick the whatever you want and mm-hmm. throw it together and I don't know if that works necessarily for was it? It was tech, It was like what Southeast Asian, Southeast Asian, yeah. Asian yeah. flavors. Yeah. And to me, I'm not a big fan of, of the idea of just making it, you know, doing Southeast Asian fast casual. Pick whatever flavors just you want, throw, throw it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Sauce on everything. A little cilantro, some sriracha. Forget yeah. About it. <laughs> um, I can't think of one other fast casual place that's closed though. The the concept seems to be incredibly easy to execute and to keep open. Well, I mean, Taylor Gourmet had their 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 uh, their cheese steak and and what's it called? Uh, steak and ice. Yeah, that place lasted maybe. I have no th- idea what you're talking about. Ice? Steak and ice. Yeah, they wanted to do like a Philly cheesesteak and like Italian ice thing. Oh, Voila. when uh, was this? This is on H Street. So H Street. that's where Sally's middle name is now. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, and that lasted maybe three to six months. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, you're both drinking IPAs. In honor of you guys, since you're because we're doing <laughs> all, day. all day. So you do a show here at the line. That was really clever. Nice. <laughs> you do a show here at the line. We do. What's it at called? Full, at Full Surface Radio. Oh my God, Radio. you're stepping over the plugs, Jack. Jesus. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, it's called Shift Drink. Hence the drink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of. I think we've gotten in the habit of just drinking on the air. Yeah, I've noticed. It's a good show. I like your show. It's one of the few Thank I you. could actually listen to the whole way through. There's <laughs> other shows. There's this Allison Lang character on the. On the she's a friend of the show. Whatever. Okay. So, uh, do you still enjoy drinking alcohol? Serious question. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Have you considered not drinking alcohol for a long period of time? Uh, I went dry in January. Was it a good month or was it an indifferent? It was month? great. Okay, if it was a great month, why are you drinking in February? I, I love alcohol. So do I. Okay. <laughs> Eddie, same I, question. I, I, I've, we always consider it, but it's never, at least for me, it's never worked because I have very little self-control. Okay. But I think a lot, what a lot of people do for dry January is for health reasons and just to take a break from all of that, and they go too hard and, and, and during it's the holidays. It's a nice unplug. Yeah. It's a nice unplug, yeah. Um, I like to think that I kind of you know, moderate myself regularly so i don't necessarily need to uh uh, take a take a break um i think one of the big lines that i remember is Derek brown another uh, prominent um barman here in dc he he says 
he takes he does dry January to help him uh, remember how much he does like drinking. Okay, I like that. <laughs> to be appreciated. More. It's like fasting. It's a, it's a celebrity. Yeah, it's it's a celebratory event. I can't think of a man that makes more money in alcohol in D.C. than Derek Brown. I don't know if I'm right. I'm sure there are, but who may, who actually numbers wise makes more money? Oh. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he says like the Nats Park and stuff like that. In terms of like, lo- yeah, no, I mean he's I mean he's definitely a big name in DC, and he's he's made a lot happen for DC industry wise. What are your two thoughts on the pop up bars that Derek does? Derek's about to open his pop up bar. This the Cherry Blossom Bar will open uh, by the time you're hearing this. It's opening on March first. What do you think of the pop up bars? I, th- I think it's a new model that uh, not just Derek and DC. It's nothing new. It's 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 been embraced all around the, the, the U- U.S. And I remember years and years ago uh, going down to the tales of the cocktail. One of the first seminars I took down there was actually how to do a pop up bar. So uh, it's 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 just kind of a new model of of taking a lot of resources that Derek has. He has a lot of he's trained up a lot of bartenders, and he has a really great team and utilizing them and not necessarily the the brick and mortar um, um, spaces mm-hmm. that that we're all used to. It doesn't have to be a single concept. De- and Derek is very well versed in a lot of different styles of beverages and bartending. And I think yeah, I think everything. it's fun. Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's creative and. The whole idea that you can build this whole world and then destroy it three months later, I think there's something very attractive about that. Uh, I'd say one of my favorite bars in Washington, D.C. is Columbia Room, also owned by Derek Brown. And to me, pretty much the farthest thing you could get from a pop-up bar. Right, right, right. Exact opposite. It's this beautiful bar that looks like it took forever to make. It probably took two months, whatever. Uh, And it's just the finest of cocktails made in front of you where everything at the pop-up bar is batched and there's a line a block long, maybe two blocks long, maybe three blocks long if it's the Game of Thrones bar. Um, For people that do what you do, do you respect one more than the other or does it even matter? I think there's a time and place for everything. Okay. You know, uh, sometimes you're going to feel like um, a White Castle cheeseburger and the other times you're going to feel like that $50 burger with truffles and foie gras and... I'm watching a lot of ER right now, and so it's kind of like, well, do you, you appreciate the <laughs> yeah. ER doctor less because he knows how to slap on or like basically fix you really, really quickly, or the the cardiologist who, cardiac surgeon who can take a ten-hour surgery and really, really make it perfect. So you're clearly using Hulu because <laughs> ER is the show currently I, advertising. I'm sick Hulu. right now, and so yes, I had a very long marathon of ER. What classes. kind of sick are you? Uh, whatever flu that's kind of going around. Thanks for coming to do the show. (laughs) Whoever's using this mic after me, I'm basically, you know, giving it a blowjob, so... That's cool. Hopefully, (laughs) you have any handy wipes. Speaking of blowjobs, how do you think uh, the restaurant industry is handling the Me Too movement? Do you think it's coming fast enough? It's coming too slow? Is anything about to happen that you're going to be shocked by? I'm not saying you name names, but, like, could you be shocked by anything? I think I think it's personally I think it's been a, a great year um, and I think some successes have been made and that we're starting to see a lot of movement and I think that's great I think you know people are coming forward and sharing their stories and experiences and that's something that's very personal to them and I'm sure like from the people that I know that have been involved it's you know it's affected them mm-hmm. and for them to be able to come out and publicly talk about it, it's a big deal so I think I think that's pretty awesome I think as far as Names coming out, I don't, nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah. I just hope it's longer lasting than some of the other movements, particularly in the restaurant and sure. beverage industry have. Uh, things come up, uh, like 
racial inequality, um, immigration, all of these issues have come up and kind of faded away very quickly in the restaurant community, um, more so than maybe other industries. And so I just hope that this is one one thing that will stick and has some lasting impact. You just referenced immigration, and I'd love to talk about that a little bit because uh, around November of 2016, it seemed to be a more hot topic issue than it is today. It's not like it's not an issue, but especially when it comes to the food industry. Uh, with the new administration, have you, either of you seen anything that has uh, shaped restaurants and bars and the food industry as a whole due to immigration in D.C.? I mean, personally, I have not. I don't know. I think, I mean, if anything, I've seen more people. I mean, we live in D.C. Mm -hmm. It's 97% liberal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that involves restaurant owners and people that work in the industry. And I think anybody who works in the industry knows the value of what it means to um, have that help and support in the community. I don't know. I think, Eddie, did you have any? <laughs> Eddie's like laying, sitting back on this I'm one. <laughs> you brought it up, man. <laughs> I mean, my parents are immigrants, uh, and and they uh, they always had the kind of the, the mentality of that they have to you know pull them you know do it on their own, yeah. and it's it's difficult, and it's kind of and not that they you, you need any handouts or anything like that, but the idea that there's recognized that there are immigrants here in the city who are doing a lot of work. Um, for very little benefit, very little of the benefits that a lot of other people uh, get, that it's it's definitely not equal. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, oh, you, you a minute ago said that like some of these issues compared to other industries fade away quicker. Why do you think that is? Goodness gracious! So, uh, in restaurants, you just you don't have time to think. Sometimes yeah. it's yeah. I think honestly, it's there's so much that happens, and then you can hold on to it for. You know, stream of consciousness. You can hold sure. on to it for as long as you can, and then it's the next. You got other problems going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you more happy that you do what you do, or tired? I think it's. I think the art of enjoying working in the industry is, is somehow finding that balance. There's okay. a lot of highs, and there's gonna be a lot of lows. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I've quite found that balance yet, Eddie. I haven't found the balance. Yet. <laughs> it's difficult. Is it as busy as you thought it was gonna be before you ever got involved in this stuff? Did you think you'd have more free time? You know, I was thinking about this in the shower, as one does, uh, the other day. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things, like, am I happy? Yeah, I'm happy. And, like, I'm glad I'm doing what I do. And I want to dive deeper into that. Um, I think if you were to ask anybody in the industry, it's why they do what they do. Why do you work in hospitality? It's, people come from different places. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, a unique thing for somebody to literally want to be in the service of others uh, so eddie kim why do you work in hospitality <laughs> uh it's it's kind of something that just sometimes falls in your lap i my story is i went to graduate school for international public health and i came back from sweden and i hung out at room 11 in columbia heights quite a bit and uh, they needed a server so it's like i didn't really have a job at that point because i my my specialty was so incredibly esoteric, so <laughs> I started working, and it it it, it oh, goodness gracious, it it's kind of finding something that's fine, that's that's most comfortable with you. I'm not looking for happiness; it's more like contentment. Um, okay, that's one of the few things I actually learned when I lived in Sweden because they're not happy; they're, they're content. just content. Do you think that is a problem with Americans that we don't strive for contentness? 
yeah. we're always talking about happiness. Happiness or, or how, how sad you are. It's like, can't you just chill out and enjoy the food and drink that's in front of you? It's interesting it that you said be, chill uh, out and you're yeah. in one of the most manic industries possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it goes like ER doctor, then watching ER, then you, what you guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I didn't go into medicine. Goodness gracious. I think we're skipping over the fact that uh, both Eddie and I also have a, a Grey's Anatomy thing. This yeah, yeah. This, this is one of the few things we bonded together over. The television show or the text? <laughs> <laughs> the television the show. Television okay. show. Yeah, yeah. All 13 seasons. Yeah. I don't know if you're being sarcastic right now. No, My no, sister no, literally just moved to Seattle solely because she was obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. Well, I finally made it out to Seattle a couple of years ago, and I was bummed to find out that they don't actually even shoot in Seattle. They yeah. shoot in Vancouver. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Frasier. They shot one what? episode in Seattle. No way. Only one. Frasier's a so horrible like, show. What? It's not. I mean, Frasier's a horrible show. <laughs> Frasier's a horrible <laughs> show. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer's a horrible man. Frasier's a horrible show. Frasier's an incredible show. Anyways. No, it's not. Frasier's a horrible show. You might not make it through this podcast. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer's a horrible man. I like every single other person on the television show, Frasier. I'm glad that they're making money on residuals, but it's still the Kelsey Grammer program, and Kelsey Grammer's a horrible man. Fuck Frasier. Strong stance. Kelsey Grammer is a horrible man. I actually have a zine called Bad Grammar that explores why I think he sold his soul to the devil Mm -hmm. in exchange for fame. Uh, But Frasier is an incredible show. But back to our guests who have... I feel like he probably eats a lot of Chick-fil-A, too, like Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, you know what? This motherfucker put Chick-fil-A in his top five fast food restaurants. We discussed that two hours ago. What's in your top five fast food restaurants? And I say restaurants. <laughs> Fast food restaurants. Yeah. Number one for me is Taco Bell. Taco Number Bell. one for me is In-N-Out. So Taco Bell. Taco Bell, but more for nostalgia reasons. Wow, really? Yeah. Not, not modern day. So you're, you're pre-Crunchwrap Supreme Taco Bell. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But I still go back and make sure whenever I hear of a new item on their menu, I have to... Did you get the nacho fries? Yes. How are they? It tastes like everything else at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Great. It's great. It's great. It's great. New form. Uh, White Castle is my number one. Okay, this is the second time you mentioned White yeah. Castle. Do you like White Castle enough to get frozen versions of White oh, Castle? Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's got a theory on this. I'm, I'm all ears. All right, so here, so for all of our listeners, White Castle was literally the first fast food restaurant ever. Okay. Uh, they, they made it doing sliders. Now they engineered their their patties to be square, uh-huh. and they bore exactly five holes in each patty. This way, they can steam them on the onions, and that flavor goes into the patty. Now, this is a steamed <laughs> burger, essentially, which is why when you put a White Castle, a frozen White Castle burger in the microwave, you're steaming it. And yes. it comes out exactly like at the restaurant. Where are you from originally? I move around a lot. Uh, originally, originally, I was born in Wisconsin. So high school, you were able to go to White Castle? No. Okay. No. Uh, we had a place that was like White Castle. This was I went to high school in Detroit. Okay. Um, called the Hunter House, and the Hunter House blows White Castle out of the water. But, really? Oh yeah. Where is the Hunter House? Uh, there's one in Detroit, and then there's one in uh, a city about or town about uh, 13 miles out. So it's like there's just two in Michigan, and that's it. Birmingham. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. Do they still exist? They do. I went to a wedding last year, and I rented a car. It was I could have flown. It would have saved me about six hours had I just flown to the destination, but I drove so I could have these cheeseburgers. Do they also sell them in Crave cases? You can order. They will, they will, they will send you their, their stuff frozen. That's awesome. I haven't done it. But okay. Yeah. Now, have you gotten a Crave case from White Castle, which is enough White Castles to constitute a, a briefcase? I have not. We recently talked. Uh, I just got engaged. Um, Congratulations. 
And we're talking uh, talking about maybe sending some crave cases to Mexico for a destination wedding. Fuck yeah. So okay. We'll your number two. Taco Bell is your number one. What's your number two? Top five fast food. Oh, jeez. Um, I might have to say five guys before Ooh. they expanded. Okay. So largely. I get that. So growing up in the region, five okay. guys started in Springfield down in the bottom of the Beltway in Virginia. Uh-huh. And we used, I went to high school nearby. So again, for nostalgia reasons, we used to cut cut class. Sure. There. Sure. Okay. You're number two. Mine is Wendy's, everybody. Wendy's is my number I love, two. Yeah. I grew up loving Wendy's. Uh, my number two, McDonald's. Okay. No the, shame in that. The you Big have, Mac. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the only reason why. I don't ever eat anything else from there. Not, not the breakfast. Doesn't do it for you. Nah. I mean, at this point in time, there's so many other amazing breakfast options. It seems to be we're finally at this wonderful level of food and drink where people in your industry are respected, but also we're now respecting fast food being like, hey, sometimes this stuff is good. Fuck it. Who cares? We're not going to just blanket make fun of everything that's incredibly bad for our health. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Or yeah. am I completely disconnected? I mean, wrong? David Chang is about to have a new Netflix show called Ugly Delicious, I think, or Ugly Tasty, which is basically about, I mean, his love of foods are ugly, but they're damn tasty. Yeah. And we've, we've embraced that. Uh, if you didn't do food, what would you be doing? If you weren't in this arena? Uh, photography, filmmaking. Okay. Did you want to do that as a kid? That's, uh, that's what I was before I quit it all and went into the industry. Okay. What kind of stuff did you want to do when you were a child? Uh, I want to be a painter, an artist. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of sort of involved in that? It. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, cooking has always been a creative medium. Uh, and I've found that personally, I'm always happiest when I'm creative expressing myself. So what that medium of expression is, is kind of trans, like transitioned throughout time. So yeah. it started off as painting, uh, went into photography, design, uh, back to photography. And then uh, I kind of find food to be that ultimate medium just because it's all the senses. It's yeah. visual. It's tactile. And it's probably the thing that literally satisfies every well, one. And yeah, at the end of the day, you, you eat it. So. Yeah. Eddie? Um, I'm going to go the opposite way. I could have been a doc. I went to college at pre-med, so I was on track to be uh, go to medical school. So do your parents um, like hate you right now? <laughs> Are they consistently worried about you? They, they don't know yet. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I still go home with like scrubs on, <laughs> and, like uh, <laughs> long <laughs> shift. I throw yeah, some ketchup on me. He just me. quotes, like, quotes uh, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> uh, but I was a scientist. Uh, uh, my background was in science, so that's kind of why I got drawn to bartending, actually. Yeah. Um, especially in the very beginning of this renaissance, cocktail renaissance. Could you do me a favor and list every single place you've ever worked at or for? Ooh. I know good, it's long. It's a good list. Try. In DC? Yeah, uh, let's just limit it to DC ish. Okay. DC in the surrounding areas. Goodness. Uh, room 11. Mm-hmm. Babe, mm-hmm. which was over on Capitol Hill, the Columbia Room, Daikaya. Uh, recently, uh, a room uh, Maidan, the Dupont Circle Hotel. Partisan. Partisan, thank you. Partisan. I took a couple shifts over at Eat Bar. Uh, Crane and Turtle. I took a couple shifts there. <laughs> Uh, uh, I miss that place. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Um, are, are you trying to go towards the idea that, yeah, we work in a ton of different places? Yeah, your turn. My, my, my list is infinitely smaller. Uh, so like I said, I, I started off in film and photography. It wasn't until I was 28 that I moved uh, into the food industry. Well, went to culinary, went to culinary school. Um, I was a bartender in San Francisco. 
because um, I couldn't afford to be a cook after culinary school. And then I came back to D.C. to work at Living Social, started a blog with them. Did you work at the Living Social space across the street from the convention center on the corner? I worked at all, yeah, at so all, all, all five of their offices pretty much. Because of a pop-up that I curated, that's how you guys found that space. Ah, no yeah, way. Okay. Yeah. Right Anyways, uh, they're thriving right now. Uh, yeah. LivingSocial.com, <laughs> check it out. Uh, but uh, So then... <clears throat> so when does porn stuff come into this? Porn stuff <laughs> comes after Living Social. I created my own production company. Uh, and I, honestly, I was just getting so bored. I was burnt out on making movies and stuff. Uh, and so I, I basically created a personal project to make burgers once a week. But that personal project seems to... It really made a ripple. It did. And it was... It was strange and, and wonderful, and like it's one of those things that will only happen once in your life, and uh, it was an awesome ride. Yeah. I, I wrote a book out of it. And, yeah. Uh, and now I work full-time in the industry. Was so. the book ever available in Urban Outfitters? You know, it never was. And I feel like that's a waste of opportunity. Like my, I was like, man, these guys have to pick it up, and yeah. they, didn't, they never did. Uh, I mean, it was... And do you think it's because porn is in the title they didn't do I it? think that had something to do with it. And I think at the end of the day, I've heard that they have like a really... I mean, you think Urban Outfitters, you don't exactly think like... It's owned by like an old Christian dude. Yeah. yeah. I think it, yeah like Chick-fil-A. Exactly. Family, yeah. yeah, exactly. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck Frazier and fuck Urban Outfitters. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. Frazier. Yeah, I can't pronounce things, all right? We're only an hour four. This is a bad trip coming up. Um, both of you guys are fascinating. If you have children, would you want them to follow in your footsteps? Would you want them to go in the industry? Uh, I want them to do whatever's going to make them... Okay, so you're not happy. opposed? No. No, no, no. Um, I... If, if, if I have children, uh, I think everyone should work in the industry for a little bit of time, at least. I was a bartender for uh, about eight years, but it was like a shot in a beer kind of bar. Should I consider myself a bartender? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Absolutely. I, I never know because like, okay. I mean, mixologist might be another yeah, thing. Yeah, I would never yeah. call myself a mixologist. <laughs> the, the, also, a lot of the people that would be considered mixologists don't call themselves mixologists. Eddie Kim is one of those people. Yeah. So you're... <laughs> yeah, come on. I am a bartender. Bartender. I put the things, and I'm a chef or I'm a bartender. I'm not a curator of food. Do you know the secret handshake? No. What is the secret handshake? Are you just going to shake hands? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we did that I thing. had no idea. It was beautiful. So did you, okay, um, I worked at a bar around the corner. It was a Florian bar in Chicago. So uh, what we would do every single Friday and Saturday night, fr- Saturday nights they were open at 5 a.m. because, you know, it's an hour later, blah, blah, blah. And then we would spend most of all of our tips <laughs> That we made the entire night and didn't drink until about 5 a.m. Do you Did, ever do that? Do you ever miss that life? Well, this is a thing in Chicago. There are different closing times for different bars. Yeah, there's special licenses. Right. To okay. have it's a grandfather thing, right? That yeah. so, seems so fun to me. It is. Hopping from bar to bar. But then you go to New York and you're like, oh, they're just open all of the time? <laughs> this is a real city. Do you feel like D.C.'s laws are restrictive for bars? Or does it even matter because we're such an early city? I think, well, Eddie, you might be able to speak better to this, but I feel like the... A lot of the blue laws and stuff that were repressing D.C. have, are, I don't know. I mean, I've been to D.C. off and on for about 16 years, mm-hmm. and a lot has changed. I mean, we used to not be able to buy alcohol on Sundays. Yeah. But does it even matter, though? Honestly. I think, yeah. I don't know. Is it just more of a state of mind? It's not like I'm, like, hankering to buy a handle of whiskey every Sunday, but having the option is nice. Yeah. I mean, but chicken chicken or the egg, which, which needs to come first yeah, before. Right. I do believe that... The laws need to be relaxed. We should. I mean, an adult or mature city will mm-hmm. have longer hours, and people can control themselves to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but like San Francisco, they're same hours as, as DC. I feel like. 
Uh, final question before I ask you a question from the Kids Book of Question by Gregory Stuck, PhD. Uh, what is your favorite place to eat and drink that is uh, cheap in D.C. proper? Uh, meat and foods. Meat and foods? Uh, meat and foods? That's what we're going to do. That's both about. eat and drink? Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. There, did you know they're our unofficial sponsor? Shift drink for Shift Drink D.C. Give me your favorite place. <laughs> <to eat. laughs> uh, and you could, you could hear Shift Drink on when? Uh, we record Mondays at 3 o'clock. There you go. Okay, I need you to pick a number between 20 and 264. Ten. And you just pick a number between twenty. Oh, I'm sorry. Two sixty-four. <laughs> You're wonderful. Uh, seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Wonderful. 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 All right. Same question for both of you. Okay. Seventy-seven. What advice would you give to a friend whose parents were getting a divorce okay. and always trying to make him or her take sides in their argument? Just run away. Run away is an answer. That's Eddie's answer. Ah, uh, man. Uh, be you. So be you. So the complete opposite advice. That is completely pointless. I have gifts for each of you. Uh, for Eddie, I have this DVD of Three Kings, the movie featuring uh, George, George Clooney, Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Maybe Ice Cube. Maybe one of their best movies. A David Russell, a David O. Russell film. That's for you. And then for you, I got you guacamole dust. That's amazing, actually. So it's the dust of the idea of guacamole, and I need you to pick one more number before I end this thing. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm closing every interview with uh, <laughs> a, 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 a reading from the world according to Mr. Rogers. Important <laughs> things to remember by Fred Rogers. I need you to pick a number between 14 and 160. Well, I want. I was gonna pick 10 again. Uh, we'll do 21. Thank you. Why 21? It's a number. That's, that's right. Significant to me. That's Cranberries. Right. Make sure rest in peace. Whatever we choose to imagine can be as private as you want it to be. Nobody knows what you're thinking or feeling unless you share it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. It's a good note to leave on. Jack, uh, thanks, gentlemen. Listen to Shift Drink every Monday and Full Service Radio. Jack, we're going to queue up a Deadbeat song, and I'm going to tell you the name of that song. Is that okay with you, Jack? That is fine. I want to listen to Closure. It's from her record, Big Forever. It's these wonderful magical computer sounds. So without further ado, here is Jessica Risker with Closure. Closure. 